0: Hi, welcome to Chicana Code Switchers.
1: Your co-hosts are Ariana and Patricia.
0: We are both Chicanas in our master's program, who are also scholar practitioners in student affairs.
1: This podcast is intended to provide insights into higher education, with a focus on
0: social justice and pláticas of student experiences. With that being said, let's start the show.
1: Hi, welcome to Chicana Code Switchers. Um, welcome to this new episode. I'm here with Ariana, and this episode is going to be a wild card, so we don't have any guests. And we're going to refer back to our first episode of the season and just close it and end it with um, some reflection of this past year. And I have here
0: with me Ariana. We- yes, hello. We're actually together live from Sonoma County. For the first time. In person. So this is going to
1: be really interesting. Um, The fact that we're here both together and um, just closing in the first year. So the first one, um, the first topic that we want to talk about um, was since we have not recorded for about like a month or so, um, just wanted to check in and mention um, what we've been up to in this past few weeks. Um, So Ariana... um, Give us some updates. How's life? Yeah,
0: yeah. So for me, it's been a, a busy cup, you know, a few weeks so far um, with going to my conference and finishing up my classes. The first week of May. Um, what else? Just packing and trying to get another job. You know, get a job uh, since I'm graduating next week and trying to figure things out. Like, you know, like. Concluding this phase of my life with um, my master's program at Harvard and preparing for my graduation and logistically planning for my parents to visit me um, to be present at those ceremonies and um, yeah it's been it's been busy I want to say busy um, so yeah just in between job, applica- job uh, interviews and preparing for the next steps what about you?
1: So for me, it's just been finishing my last semester. I did like a whole like three weeks back to back writing assignments. It was like a writing marathon and reading and just turning in all assignments. I think one night I just left for four, three hours, took a one hour nap and then just kept writing. Um, So it was pretty tough in terms of motivation and just like building a better relationship with writing Mm -hmm. and making sure that I'm like okay just finish these essays it's not the same thing as undergrad you know like it's it's different but it's just like you just get those flashbacks of those terrible like nights Mm -hmm. uh, of just writing all-nighters and all that stuff so and on top of that having to hear back on like job search for the summer um, internships and just kind of like worried of like what's going to happen everything was up in the air um I have more answers. So I did get a summer internship Ooh. um at Berkeley. Yay. So I'm super excited. Um be able to like save some money this summer and then like carry it over for next academic year, as many of you may know. Masters is not funded, so everything's like out of pocket or unless you have a grant. And so it's been pretty nice that everything is falling into place now. Um yesterday I did a workshop for this uh, nonprofit program um, to parents uh, talking about like just basics on funding and so I spent like a night like just reading and making sure all the information was right about FAFSA and California Dream Act uh, for this parents and so it was really inspiring to see a lot more parents um, getting involved in just like, even ahead of time, like, even grandmas were, like, I want to know this, like, how this application process works, so, because if my, my, some of my kids didn't go to college, I want my, like, nietos y nietas Mm -hmm. to, like, go, and so that was really cool, Um, and I'm just, like, thinking, like, reflecting back, I'm, like, imagine if my parents were, like, that involved, I mean, that would have been great. Thankfully, I had upper bound, but it was just, like, Figuring out the process and just now as an advisor in that role, um, I just wanted to give that information to those parents to let them know, like, although this information I gave you right now is just basics, it may change. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like it's confusing already. And then making sure that each campus is like different. And it's just it was disheartening to hear that, like some of the parents at the beginning of the check in were like, I think my child has no excuse not to go that they have all these opportunities now like because they were born in the u.s Mm -hmm. and all these things and i'm just like my heart was like sinking and also i was cringing because i'm just like that kind of mentality like you don't like i know what happens on the other end when they when i receive them Mm -hmm. with or without citizenship or anything like that it's challenging and it's hard and funding is one way but there's like so many other ways that you know the journey can go wrong
0: yeah Yeah. And I I think for me, when I hear that, it it reminds me of me kind of saying, talking about my my siblings and how they're all U.S. citizens and thinking how can they not succeed or how can they not excel when they have at least the citizenship aspect, they don't have that challenge to deal with, Uh, like things should be easier. Like, I'm guilty of that, too, even though I went through the process. But it's because I feel like I already overcame so many more layers of challenges and difficulty that I think, like, for them, it shouldn't be that hard. Like, it shouldn't – it. they can make it easy for themselves if they apply themselves, mm-hmm. if they, you know, investigate, if they, you know, ask me for support. Like, I already went through the process. So, like, what you were saying about um, if your parents had been that involved – it could have helped you save time because mm-hmm. the time that the parents are investing, right, you know, the ones that you were talking to would have um, helped you avoid to have to spend that time for yourself, right, um, or, or skip steps as or, well. you
1: know, like not have so many fights about, like, money, you know, right. like if we
0: knew way more of the process. Right. So, I mean... It all just goes to show that times are changing and yes, you know, the information you provided may change as well, but I think there's a basic foundation that doesn't change. Um, and that as long, the more you hear it, and that's the thing about providing presentations mm-hmm. like that is that um, people, it, it, it stays with them the more you talk about it. Like, you know, you have to hear it at least three times for it to stick and for it to make sense. So the fact that you were doing that like that, you know, is golden. Like. You don't know what impact that will have on the parents and how that will take their kids, how far that will take the kids.
1: And I let them know that it's like at the end of the day, like whenever I do a workshop, it's like always encouraging whoever's participating is like understand that this is how the policy is, this is how it stands right now, but it doesn't mean that you know within your special circumstance you can't advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that is like the biggest uh, lesson and takeaway that I've gotten like it doesn't mean like if you think there's something unjust about it or you don't think it's fair it doesn't mean that we collectively can't you know advocate for some change or some more transparency on information and some of the students like I let them know I'm like um, I have gone to two different CSUs been to different campuses for your other UCs and whatnot and a lot of the things haven't changed. Like The outreach offices aren't getting to the students that need the most information. And the, and none of this has changed for quite some time. So I told them, and then they they asked me, which I was like, yes, great questions. They're asking me like, Why, how do each college or campus decide which college to go to to do these outreach and these talks? And mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, honestly, we're still in this mentality where um, they only go to the most selective schools or the schools that they think are college ready which is again the most privileged areas and all that stuff and they are like what they were all outreach and I was like
0: good you know like
1: (laughs) now take the synergy and like like, I was just giving them this insider information it's like if you get this you know counselor or this teacher to back you up to have this presentation you need to go to the outreach office um and then they asked me like oh when when is it the best year to prepare these students to and I was like perfect you know Honestly, it takes until eighth, you know, eighth grade really is a key. But, you know, even before that, honestly, since the day the student is born, unfortunately, we don't have that much luxury and time and privilege to start Mm -hmm. that early. But I'm like, as long as right now, it doesn't mean you can't turn it around. Um, And so I let them know that it was like important for them to know all these numbers and all that and then one of the parents was like entonces like no deberíamos de you know ganar nada like we have to be that poor and I was like yes <laughs> conclusion yes. you have to be very very poor and make nothing to be able to afford that and she's mm-hmm. like oh so I need to just by the end of like you know during yes. her junior year of my child like declare bankruptcy or something i was like i don't know if you want to do that you know it's really up to you but you know that that's like the more informed you are the better decisions you can make collectively and i told them i was like i gave you all the forms in english this presentation is in spanish but this is for you to have this conversation with your child because you can't make these decisions For for them yeah and then i even told them i was like i can't you know as long as you you know, you can shout at me, you can do whatever, because I've had some parents do that. Um, you can give me, give me the information and stuff like that. But I was like, ultimately, you have to have this conversation with your child and whoever you're, you know, helping with that process. So it was a pretty great conversation. Um, cool to see the mom side on this side, like, because most of them were moms or grandmothers. Um, but the parents were just like super interested in seeing their viewpoint of college, because um, most of the time I just deal with, um college students all the time right Mm -hmm. and so so yeah so and then I just helped my sister move out so it was just like packing and moving things and just taking things up and been driving up and down Fresno to the Bay Area um going to graduations which is pretty awesome and just trying to transition now into the summer and so um Nice that it's over, you know, the first year, and that there's some sort of breather in the break be- mm-hmm. until like the next academic year starts. So Ariana, tell us a little bit about what um, if completing your master's is like—eleven months and in and out—and <laughs> how's that experience been so far? Like, what's your biggest takeaway that you've had? If or some different approaches, or if you could do this all over again, what would you do differently? Mm.
0: All very good questions um, now being on this end or on this side of the process um, I think I was you know earlier I was telling you how this semester was the by far the easiest like I was surprised um, my it was it had to a lot to do with the classes like for me, being able to choose my classes of interest with Professors that match my learning style, like just made it so much more easier and um, doable. Um, the thing about Harvard, though, um, is that the hardest part is, at least for my master's program, I don't know about the other ones, uh, <laughs> the like business school or the law school, but at least for me and like other students that I've talked to about this is that the hardest part is getting into Harvard. Once you're in, like they take care of you. The professors... Um, always accessible, always available, um, make time for you. I mean, you are paying, like, 70K to be there, so they are very responsive. Um, The classes, like, something that I learned that I didn't know before, like, going through Sonoma State, like, for example, deadlines, they're, like, flexible. Like, they're, like, light deadlines or whatever you call them. Soft. Soft (laughs) deadlines. Like, that's, like and that's something that um it's an untold or an unwritten rule because for me like when i started the semester like i'm like i'm coming in with this mentality or this expectation that harvard ex- has this level of ex- like expectation of me as a student like i need to perform at this level because i'm you at an you, yeah. i'm at an ivy league yeah. right like i got in for a reason you know, I stated certain things in my statement. I, you know, my GRE scores and, like, my letters of recommendation stated things about me. And so I feel like I need to, like, meet those uh, expectations or whatever that was said. And later on, I find out that, I mean, as I go through the process, it's like the, my counterparts, like my my peers, were asking for extensions left and right. And I didn't even know that as we were going through the class, the required classes that I, mm, They were okay. Um, Like, people were asking for extensions. I'm like, no wonder you're going to get a better grade because you have that extra time. But versus me, like, I took those deadlines, like, seriously. And I – even if it was, like, you know, if I had other things to do and this was, like, a last-minute thing, like, I didn't know I could do that. And, you know, looking back, if I could, you know, do that, I would ask for those extensions too, you know, like, just give myself more time. Why am I – like, I didn't know I could – I did have the option not to be pressured, uh, but it was a lot of like unlearning. Talking about unlearning, mm-hmm. experiences, strategies, um, approaches from a CSU, like were the and this is something that I talked to uh, to my high school English teacher um, in December about, like like all these things that um, I experienced, and he's like, "Well, Sonoma State has something to prove, Harvard doesn't." Therefore, that's you know that was his reasoning for why they did that. Um, I definitely maximized on all the events. <laughs> I mean, I I love going to events and socials and conferences and so like coming in, I was coming in with that, like it's a costumbre, like that that I I did as a professional, like when I was working. Um, Things that I w- the way that I would fill up my day or my afternoons or my weekends was by going to all these events, right? And so coming in, that's what I was still doing because I had time, in a sense, um, before classes really started um, moving along. And I kept doing that, but then soon, quickly, you know, soon enough realized that I needed to, like, tone it down, because I needed to make time to read to write my essays you know like I had to like re um structure my brain and the way that I approached work but it wasn't just like work and then go to class and then move on right go to events and you have all this free time it's like oh, I have to I had to relearn to be a student which I hadn't been in 7 years mm-hmm. so that was the, I think for me the first semester what was the most challenging was not the academic the academic per se it was just learning to be a student and learning to like what were the things that I used to do to make sure that I completed the assignments and that they were of a certain quality and like if I need to go to the writing center like you know relearning how to do all those things um so therefore like this semester was a lot easier I also like I said I, I took funner classes I took a contemporary migration class with Dr. Gonzalez you know Dr. Wes like I, I balanced it in a way where my classes weren't at eight thirty in the morning. You know, all these little mm-hmm. things that happen that make it um a more pleasant experience. Um but yeah, like it's been it's been um it's been fun. It's been um I don't think like, I could say it's a roller coaster. I think it was more kind of a roller coaster the first semester, but then later it was like just like
1: smooth sailing. Smooth
0: sailing. And my work stuff too like it just it just balanced better overall so that's my like year at harvard i would say so i would you know and now i i get to communicate with people with students who got admitted to harvard and then um when we met them as incoming students and we were doing those welcoming events i connected with some that were undocumented uh, who had questions and I gave them, you know, I made time, like it's time out of my day, you know, out of my schedule when I was the busiest in April, to talk to them and give them like my my truth, my, my real experience, like tell them like, well, it is expensive, but this is how I did it. You just have to be innovative about how you fundraise to cover the remaining amount. Like, yes, you got two scholarships that cover like half of the tuition, like $48,000, mm-hmm. half of that. Um, but there's other ways you can do it and it's manageable like you just have to be strategic and creative and resourceful um but now hearing back like now I'm getting texts about from people who um who did accept and who are coming and I'm like oh that's awesome and they're looking for housing et cetera. Et cetera. so so that's exciting to like it, it's exciting to see who's coming next and what they'll do yeah
1: that's it's so like it's interesting to see like once you look back and you're just like oh snap like <laughs> yeah. I should have I should have could have would have you yeah. know a lot of, in a lot of ways um for me my first um year in the master's program I find it again master's program in general the class rigor wasn't that I thought it was going to be even harder mm-hmm. and it was like the first semester to be age <laughs> Didn't really read because a lot of this was personal experience. Right. A lot of the issues in higher ed, like I have witnessed, witnessed, lived it firsthand. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these issues that I was like, oh, I don't need, need introduction to campus climate. I've been, you know, in the storm of campus climate. You know, like a lot of these things were pretty easy to know just because I've had so many different experiences at different campuses and so I was able to really understand a lot more of a lot of these issues. um. And having done three research projects before in McNair, um, I mean, that was hard, like doing McNair on your own, and like independently trying to do, you know, a schedule for yourself and like learn how to the ins and outs of research, like on mostly your own, just because the research structure, depending on your subject, is very different. So it was a lot of, like, learning as I went, and so in my master's program, it was just like, oh, like, I know the kind of structure I presented at conferences before, I know what presenting is, my peers may not know as much, but I was just like, well, we'll learn later, (laughs) but um, a lot of these things, like, we had more group projects, so that was different just because we were trying to figure out our learning styles and our, like, levels, and so it was kind of hard to do projects when I had this level of understanding of certain things, mm-hmm. and they're just like, oh, you know, out that. You know, like, <laughs> like you're being a little, like, too, like, nitpicky, but I'm mm-hmm. like, they honestly are going to grade us on this. So, like, right. I don't know what you're all are doing, but whatever, <laughs> you know. You'll learn. <laughs> and you will all learn, and I'll take a hit on my grade, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was different. It was also different adjusting just to the culture in the Central Valley, just because, mm-hmm. again, it's so different from the Bay Area. Like, I've never lived in the Central Valley before, um, so it was just getting adjusted to the job and also adjusted to my job as an advisor. Because this time it's like a whole different policy side mm-hmm. and that you're enforcing. So that was a little bit hard to adjust. And it, you kind of get lost with all this new stuff, remembering who you are and like what kind of skills you do bring into the table. Like You don't come in empty, though there's a lot of learning process. And, and the, I think I, I find it a lot more challenging at work just because I was learning so much. Mm-hmm of so many different things plus different cases and how like I see you as big as Fresno works as opposed to you know such a smaller school and it was just different um and so it was also like leveraging some networks like it was just weird just because I'm like at Sonoma State I knew a lot of different people and like knew a lot of different majors it was easy for me to get that information and then when I went to Fresno they do a lot of different things they have way more majors mm-hmm. and so it was just like oh i don't have a for- faculty that like on hand like i can tell you like here like connect and so it was a lot of networking and uh, work to be done in my first year and just like learning to um live on my own with like not a lot of family destruction and distractions and mm-hmm. that was really nice but also it was kind of weird um And it was just different just because of what I saw, like what other people did in their master's program. Like I had to basically spend more time job searching and writing scholarships and grants Mm. like that was a whole other job. And so um, the next semester, the kind of mantra and energy that I went through was where attention goes, energy flows. So I really wanted to really put attention to the things that mattered in my second semester I did a schedule and, like, I even put in when I would eat Mm -hmm. just because I would forget, you know, when to eat. And I was like, that's really important. So I put more of my scheduling way at the beginning, developed a game plan. And I was like, where do I want to put my energy? Because as an undergrad, I did like way too much and I burned out so quickly Mm -hmm. in the last three years. And I didn't want to repeat that. And I was like, in the master's level, I shouldn't also like go in running, you know, like I needed to take a breather focus on myself putting that exercise time mm-hmm. eating sleeping like and not really put so much importance of like going to these events that make no like at the end of the day I'm not getting anything mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, an event that, like, means nothing. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, there's vultures everywhere, but I'm, like, I don't want to be with, like, ugly people, you know, again. You know, like, I I want to be surrounded by people who give me energy and joy as opposed to sucking the life out of me mm-hmm. and expecting me to do things for free. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, like, hell no. So I started, like, getting to know a lot more people. Like, we put in the energy on the podcast, and that was, like, it changed a lot of the way that where i spent my energy my my time you know like it was it was a time to learn it was us our time you know like Mm -hmm. to just catch on uh, catch up we had a check-in buddy i mean with you and ariana like Mm -hmm. it it was like really nice to just oh like how's it going you know (laughs) because we now as we've seen a lot of our friends are like going through so many different things that like being with someone in this space was nice to just talk about what is the issues that we're going through right it's
0: true i honestly this just felt like part of my life so it just came in so naturally that i didn't think of it as like an additional task to do Um, because I enjoy it so much and something that I look forward like every two weeks oh we this is you know we even scheduled it in our in our calendars about like when we would do the recordings who would we bring in next like that was all just very exciting that it I think that was part of the reason why I enjoyed my semester so much was because I had time to check in with you and and reflect because honestly like if it wasn't for this podcast I made no time to look back and, and, and analyze how things were going, you know, and it was really nice to have you all to talk to as well, you know, to share these things with and um,
1: share networks,
0: share networks and like, and get this going and, you know, not waiting for the right time or the um, what is it called um, for everything to align perfectly, you know, it was just like an idea and we ran with it, you know, and, and it was just so cool to, uh, bridge each other's strengths. Right. So, um, so it didn't feel arduous or anything. Um, yeah. it, it
1: felt nice that I think we spent more of our energy towards it, our, our energies aligning yeah. and the visions that we want to do with the podcast mm-hmm. doing like, it wasn't like, do we have the best tech do we have the mm-hmm. best graphics? Mm-hmm. Do we have the best, you know, money to like, we haven't spent still like no money whatsoever. And so that's why we like haven't uploaded on SoundCloud (laughs) or anything like other things just because like we have done this project with zero money Mm -hmm. other than everything that we just have already and we don't have any podcast prior experience or media tech social media or communications or anything like that and so if we would have waited until everything was perfect and just to hear ourselves like you know there's some people out there that are, like, they stop themselves, and I've done this a few th- times for certain things where I'm, like, I stop myself just because I'm, like, oh, I'm not the most perfect, I'm not the most, mm. I don't have this, I don't have that. Like, it's always on the I don't haves as opposed to what do I have that I can use and just know that we'll just have odd tech error, <laughs> weird cuts, you know, <laughs> in certain things. Yeah. But I think what I, what we wanted to show is, like, just an authentic experience mm-hmm. and that... If we give ourselves permission to not be perfect and just do what we like, and even though it doesn't fit everybody's, you know, we're not everybody's cup of tea or coffee or whatever, um, it's going to, as long as we have fun, then that's fine. And anybody else who's in here hopefully has also as much fun and we want to at least use this platform to showcase that there's a lot more educators um Mm -hmm. professionals out there that do have like that have like a a different vision than that it is possible to do that not to be forced to conform to certain things that other people want to like you can still shine on your own in your own voice Mm -hmm. and which is so interesting because everyone tells you like be yourself but i'm like but then they don't really accept your you yeah And then they penalize you for it. And so I'm like, no, like we can use different platforms to showcase this. And none of us thought, you know, we would have done this, right?
0: No, I had no idea in December or January that this was going to occur. And so I really appreciate uh, Patricia bringing me in and sharing this idea and Making it happen like we did. Yes, you know we don't have the best tech, and yes, our voices sometimes, especially when we're, you know, recording remotely. Me in Cambridge, and you know, Patrice and in Fresno, and whoever, <laughs> whoever our guests are, are somewhere else. So, you know, just to give you perspective or like context, that's usually how we're recording these um podcast um episodes. It's in three, you know, in two different time zones, in three different places, um, so. And I think I've noticed that our guests um, have appreciated, have have learned to appreciate what we're doing and why, you know, they can be critical, like when we share oh, yeah. our episodes ahead of time just so they get a sense of what we're talking about, what we've covered. Um, they can be like, oh, well, you could have said this, or like there were a lot of ums and uhs, and, and, you know, like just like giving us feedback for improvement, which we appreciate. And I think we are aware, but it's hard to edit our episode, you know, our podcast because, like, Padre said, we're working with, like, nothing, you know? Um,
1: And we're also, like, not only having part-time jobs and all the other things that we have going on and so, like, even as women of color, like, we both, like, have had to hustle and have multiple forms of income Mm -hmm. and do other things on top of our just basic requirements that we have. And so, again, if we wait until our lives are aligned where we don't have, like, that, it it would never happen. Mm -hmm. Like, and... Just know that we're a work in progress, and mm-hmm. like if we had, yeah, sure, money would be nice. <laughs> okay. Do you share? Yeah, but like that's the reason why like we applied to um, a, a, like a an application from Google to have this podcast funded and have some mentorship mm-hmm. and tour and to talk about like how do you better structure certain topics, um, and especially money. guests, money, um, to have to back us up and getting mm-hmm. like all these new stuff. Um, whether that application happens or not, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter in some sense, <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's not going to be like the end of this. Yeah. And that um, it's also like once the guests have actually recorded, they have seen how difficult it actually is yes. Yes. and how we also have to bounce around the energy that they bring. And mm-hmm. so we're constantly adapting. And yes. it's just like so different, like being just like seeing each other through like Google Hangouts, you know, as opposed to like, and then when they're there, they're like,
0: "Uh." they they (laughs) freeze, they freeze. And um, that's just something, you know, that we're sharing, or, you know, this is why I enjoy this podcast, uh, doing this podcast so much, is because we're able to grow with you all, like you're growing with us, you're seeing, you know, the improvements um, as each episode continues. And we're always trying to think of innovative ways and conversations and guests to bring to keep, you know, Keep it interesting, and at the end of the day, like
1: I, it's been really cool seeing how each guest. At the end of the day, that mm-hmm. it's usually their first time recording yeah. a podcast, That's awesome. yeah. and so they're like, "Oh my gosh, I felt so free, so mm. great to like share this," and it's just so sad that a lot of us we don't get, you know, spaces to share where it's mm-hmm. not tokenized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or where you have to be filtered in a certain way. Most of the time we tell this like, the people coming in, is like, just be unfiltered, just say really what your truth is, whatever you're comfortable, and share some of these things. And it's interesting to see, like, when you're working in a heavily, like, POC, social justice, certain wor- mm-hmm. like, circles, it's, like, the willingness to share all these free tips yeah. that have cost us a lot. Yeah to get it not just monetarily but in other ways that through mistakes through you know not getting certain things or being pushed out or things like that like we've learned these tips and tricks that we want to continuously share you know everywhere
0: that's the ultimate goal for sure
1: yeah and so um living and then our decision to like move because both of us moved to graduate school and so Ariana, if you can tell us, what has life been living away from family? Because you completely like moved a whole other side yeah. of the East Coast.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, I think I said this in the beginning, at the in the first episode, but living away from family or from my parents or my siblings wasn't that difficult because I had been living away from them for a few years where... I was on my own, um, doing my own thing, so, and this was, and and moving to Cambridge was actually something that I was excited about, like I was ready for a change, Um, getting into Harvard and I, I, in looking back uh, into my past year, I say that it's the best thing that happened to me, Um, not just because it's an Ivy League, obviously, and like it's really hard to get it in, but because it came at a time where there were so many shifts going on in my life. Um, just from being rejected from PhD programs, right? And then getting into Harvard. I'm like, okay, bye. I guess <laughs> I guess I'll go to Harvard. Um and and just coming to like this point in my life where like professionally I was hitting a wall. Like I was hitting a ceiling where I wasn't getting ahead. Like I was just like stuck in a in a what what is it called like a a rut like, whatever whatever the I was just saying <laughs> I was just stuck basically I just felt stuck, and um getting into the master's program was like I knew it was what i want like I needed to do next to get ahead, to move up to like get new positions, to get more experience, to get more money um and so it came at a time where i just like that was not like out, but it was a nice like transition for me. Um, so living away from my family was like, yeah, I'm moving to Cambridge cause I got into Harvard and that's where the school is. And obviously my parents are like, oh, like you have no one there. Like you're going to be by yourself. You know, parents worry because you're out there by yourself. Um, but I, I had, um, the strong belief like that I would find my community, um, just like I have he- had had done here um so that helped um it helped to have a really good friend there too um carrie hey shout out (laughs) Mm -hmm. um who had been living there for a couple years and could show me around so even though i didn't have family i had a friend living there who showed me the way um around the area and i had visited before so i had an idea of where i was going um and finding roommates and housing you know that was a whole learning experience doing it remotely um but it helped to have mutual friends. It helped to have, you know, had a friend who had gone there the year before. And so it all literally, when we say when things happen for a reason or, like, um, don't force something, you know, like, if it's not meant to happen, it's not going to happen. Or, like, lo que será, you know, there's all so many sayings, like, lo que será para ti it will yeah. be for you, you know, like, it will happen Effortlessly, And I think that was one of the biggest things for me. It's like I was meant to go there because everything just aligned so well. By March, I knew where I was going to live. March last year, I knew where we were going to live. Um, and I had basically started closing things down here. Like I left my job. Like I started like um, – basically going through all my undergrad stuff and like throwing away things, just. It
1: was like a cleansing. It was it a cleansing, cleansing
0: yeah, for sure. I just like went through, not everything, I got through half of it, but that just shows how much we accumulate with like stuff, papers, baggage. Baggage. I sold my car <laughs> and I put it out into the universe and I just like, it sounds funny, but I literally like, I was ready for this change. I sold everything with the intention that I was gonna be out there and be out there for, some time. How much time, I don't know. But I put it out into the universe that I wanted to move and that I was planning on staying there. Um, yeah, so. That's, that's me. And talking about that, like, this
1: whole year, like, during the summer, like, I've been slowly and slowly learning about the power affirmations mm. and, like, how you're saying, like, putting it out to the universe and just, like... Really being careful on, like, what you're wishing and what you want that to look like. Yeah. Because I've had to do, like, way more real, like, manifestation, affirmation mm-hmm. of, like, what exactly do you think, like, right now is something that you need in your life? Like, um, and talking about that, like, I've this, like, living away from family, like, mm-hmm. biggest worry again money it's like and always money and so for me i'm just like you know what i need to have a better relationship with money and thankfully like through some podcasts like i've been like listening and hearing how like other people on other entrepreneurs and like okay if this career doesn't happen like what are the alternatives like what can I do and so I'm just like you know what girl we're so creative you know like there's always ways to do it you've done it so far Mm -hmm. you've come this far and so for me it's just like putting affirmations always like your money your financial worries are going to be done Mm -hmm. and even if you had a million dollars you'd still worry that that will be gone you know and so I'm like no no tienes llenadero you know like in terms of worries and so how about you just manifest that a lot of these things will happen and focus on the energy of, like, confidence, mm-hmm. of, like, you can do it. Like, mm-hmm. it will be possible. And it's just, like, I saw on Twitter, like, uh, this writer that wrote, like, affirmations of, like, I'll have the bestseller. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. And I'm just like, hell yeah. Like, you know what? I'm going to just put that into existence and make it and manifest it. Yeah. And and so that has really, like, changed my experience in terms of living away from family where it's like I can make it on my own Mm -hmm. I don't have to depend and it's made me reflect a lot about the codependency about Mm -hmm. family and the abuse and the control and the manipulation that happens and the things that I don't want to like have in my life Mm -hmm. like I've been able to like see away from like what is it that like isn't a good feeling you know like what is holding me back what are the the health, unhealthy coping mechanisms that I don't want to continue like again my relationship with writing my relationship with money my relationship with a lot of different things I've had to like just reflect and just turn off the noise and like this past weekend that I was like at home like I had a huge fight with my family about like boundaries and like physical touch like I don't want to be touched you know and how like fucking radical that is in like the Latinx community where it's like my mom was crying she was like feeling personally like like Attack. uh, attacked, you know, and it's just like, and I'm just like, man, like our generation is like, you know, making my dad say things like, you know, el norte te cambió and shit like that, and I'm just like, what the, like, I'm like hit by curveballs like all the time, mm-hmm. just because like I've been able to step step away from all those shits, that I'm just like, and then. It, you know it, it's nice to have other friends that have the same vision so like we're in this bubble and then when we come back and we're like what the hell
0: like ill <laughs> <ew>. yeah <laughs> and that's and that's the thing that the, that people see about about us like or make assumptions about us just because we're not the people you know we're growing and we're learning and we're adapting right and so and cha- making ch- intentional changes and you were mentioning about like um how you were trying to focus on like what brings you joy and what's healthy and all these things. And for me, that's been an intention too. Uh, so much that like last weekend I hung out with my friend and we were checking and catching up on on life. And it was like I was like we were literally at a coffee shop. And, and I'm like, I'm happy. I genuinely am happy. No, I don't have a job lined up. But I'm not worried.
1: There's like so many things that are uncertain, but like with that foundation and that understanding that you're you're confident in within yourself. Yeah. And that life is great, and even when you're with around people, it just makes you see like who's un like who's unstable.
0: Yes, like energy that people people send, like Like the nerve, like yeah, that energy is transmitted. So I was like sitting there, and I was like, I'm literally, I'm genuinely happy right now, like like it's too good to be true because I'm not used to that I'm not used to feeling safe I'm not used to feeling safe in the sense like I'm not like thinking about oh like I need to pay my rent or like I need to pay my bills yeah that I'm gonna lose something or that I've you know like that energy like that wasn't there and I'm like I'm genuinely happy I feel good like it feels too good to be true and
1: from there you know what I want to talk about yeah it's like from, there's this one book, man I forgot what it is but it's um from this Native American researcher, mm-hmm. science researcher and I'll link, I'll write the title of the book Um, that one of uh, that a friend recommended it was like about science and um, Native American ideology Mm -hmm. and like the way that they like the past and the oral histories have been passed out it was weird because like it's not something like the narrative and the thing like that I've been used to like hearing Mm -hmm. and so it was just like Literally decolonization happening, like, and I'm just like, okay, Western thought, throw that at the trash, <laughs> you know, like, yes. <laughs> and think about how nature happens and like the the lessons of like nature and people and relationships mm-hmm. and things like that. And so, that book really talked about gratitude and the gratitude mm-hmm. address. And then I was just like, by you know in my because I have a, a planner this is not an ad about and I and I bought the panda planner Yeah, I heard of and it's from the beginning it tells you like what are you grateful for and then the second one is like what are you excited about and an affirmation and then mm-hmm. from there you go on your list and your your to-do list and so from being grateful like I have a sense of like I have enough mm-hmm. like what what do I have as a as opposed to looking at the you know all the things that I don't have and what I like don't feel assured that you know, like when you feel like you're that sense of joy yeah. that you're saying, and then you're like, oh, do like is the other like shoe gonna fall?
0: Yes.
1: And then when is everything gonna be like bad, you know? And so, from feeling in the sense of changing my mentality and the way that I think about you know gratitude, it has really made me feel like I have enough, and also like Mary Kondo like bringing what what brings you joy and stuff like that, you just feel so peaceful, like shit can hit the fan twenty, like in 360 degrees but you're okay because you know you have all the resources and everything within you that can help you like adapt mold have a game plan
0: and I think like this also kind of touches on the fact like my experience at Harvard like I'm like versus so no mistake like I was so used to being a certain type of student Um, I expected certain things to happen you know like like I said, Sonoma State was like not the best school, not the best school, but it gave me what I needed at the time. You know, like it was from so what f- you knew, from what I knew at the time. Yeah. You know, this is like ten. Oh my God, like is it over ten years ago? No, can't be. Two thousand. I graduated in two thousand eleven. Okay, not that long. <laughs> okay, less than ten years. <laughs> yes. Um, but just because I was so used to being thrown into the wolves, that was my experience there. And like figuring it out on my own. And yes, we have faculty, but it's not unless you go to them that they'll tell you the information or if, if you knew them. If you ask the right questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um and that's the thing, like that's the type of experience I expected. And also being like in that moment of like peace, like, wow, like I expect all these things to be going on and to be going wrong and to be, you know, like like juggling. Like I'm so used to like that type of pressure. Constantly in
1: crisis mode.
0: Yes, that like being calm and being good and being happy was like surreal, and like I even like even then I worried. I'm like, is this is this like the calm before the storm kind of thing? (laughs) You know? And my friend's like, no, don't worry about. I'm pretty sure everything's gonna be fine. And I, it is like finding like look, even like I wasn't planning on moving, but certain a certain something happened. Um, with my current, uh, current place that made me then be on the lookout for another place. And then shortly after, this is when the CNN thing happened, like the CNN town hall that I went to that I was like on my phone uh, during breaks. And um, my a friend that I met at a conference a, mu- a few months ago posted that she was uh, subleasing her place. I'm like, hey, can I go check it out? Wow. I want to check it out. I loved it. Um, it has like more space. It has um, in apartment or in unit washer and dryer. Like all these little things that make such a big difference. <laughs> um, and a, a little patio, a little deck, you know, like these things. And then it was an upgrade. And I'm like, oh, like awesome. Like I'll take it, right? I wasn't planning on doing this, but it it it's this this one thing made me then look and then find and then be better, right? Um, job wise, you know, I have these, uh, jobs lined up, but I'm still like looking into them. I'm not worried because I can be at my current position through the summer. Like, yeah. you know, like there's just like such a weight lifted off my shoulders that I just didn't, didn't expect.
1: And didn't realize that all this, all that this I needed worry it. was
0: like, lo estabas cargando. Yeah. Sin or like, I expected to be carrying more weight than I actually am. Mm -hmm. and it it just feels so good and like even planning my parents coming to Cambridge for my graduation like I found really good uh uh what is it flights like cheap flights um and a place where they're gonna stay and you know my dad wants to go to New York so finding like I literally found a bus ticket for a dollar for me I don't know how that happened, but it was, like, a dollar <laughs> plus, you know, whatever fees they add, like, three dollars. And then I was able to, not for them, but just for me, found that bus ticket. And then for everyone else, like, it, they were really affordable during a time. You know, it, like, it's the scheduling aspect has been so, like, just so fluid, just so easy. Not easy, but just, like... But it's easier once you have, like, that foundation. Yeah. You know, like, because you
1: think about like all the work that you have done you have we have already done the groundwork yeah and we know more yeah and we have more resources and connections You're and like, it's just like wow like now coming into the next year like i'm not i mean there's gonna be a lot of work there's stress stress always happens but it's just like the way that we handle it because a whole different
0: direction why because we've gone through worse mm-hmm. right so we know how much we can handle and I think that's, you know, when they say that when you're in your darkest moments or in your deepest moments, that's when you realize how much you can handle, actually handle. Because I'm like, there's been just certain things that have happened in my life that I'm like, I can, that I was so afraid of happening and they happened. And then the way that I maneuvered them, like going through the process I'm like, and coming out alive was just like, damn, like I didn't. That was my worst fear, and I and it happened, and and I got through. And it
1: happened at the worst time, yes. at the worst situation. Yes. Like everything collapsing. Everything. Like you would think that, and then at the end, like you still passed that semester. Yes. We still did all these other things yeah. and make it happen. So, but like, now we know. Let's not put ourselves in that situation again. In terms of, like putting way too much on our plate Mm -hmm. and what is the direction and the things that you can carry. Like, I am no longer carrying other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. I am no longer caring about other people's responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just like, just that alone takes off so many things. So much Mm -hmm. that you're just like, nope, nope, nope. You know,
0: (laughs) and even like, but it also showed me that how like strong we are. And Mm -hmm. I think for anyone who's going through a difficult time, like know that that's only temporary. Now, like there were so many lessons that I learned from that. Um, from that experience, but, or those experiences, but also, like, being intentional about the people you want to surround yourself with, uh, what activities you want to be involved with, what really ultimately feeds your soul, right, Um, and also, like, for me, this year has been, like, you know, I'm not promoting, like, oh, like, being thin, but for me, it's being healthy, and so going to the gym, like, Trying to go as much as I can for my health, so like I can live a long strength, life. You know, and like and, and,
1: and talk about because there's also like this. You know, it's it's about learning about disciplining your body to release that stress, and yes. if that release stress is exercise for Mm -hmm. you that helps and that's awesome oh my gosh yesterday I walked
0: 22,000 steps because I was blowing off steam like I was just blowing like it was such it was such a good way like I like was able to push myself more because I was like you know (laughs) like but like I felt like that, that what I've noticed at least for me like um is that I've gained like I've noticed more energy more energy More energy throughout the week. Uh, Yes, at night I'm tired, but that means I go to sleep because otherwise I would stay up late, you know? It's really impacted me in a way that it's like I have a a routine, something that gives me purpose or something that I look forward to. Yeah,
1: Um, and also knowing like from when you're mentioning like how much we can handle, it's like also figuring out that um, what we can handle. Yes, it could be more, but it's like how do you identify those red flags early on? right. Where you don't want to put yourself in that situation anymore. I don't want to burn myself out. I don't want to be in a toxic environment. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be with a toxic person, unstable person, that is just soul sucking, yeah. and that I don't feel good. I like I don't want to ever wake up in the morning, and think I have to like convince myself to do like mm. to do the little tasks of like let's get dressed, right. let's do your hair let's try at least look present like I hate that talk like I was just like no like although I'm not a morning person like either way (laughs) so I'm just like but how can I like I like how you're mentioning change my work schedule change my thing so i am good
0: so you are good yeah (laughs) it it makes such a difference i'm also not a morning person but i've had the flexibility like with my job i'm like i show up at noon right (laughs) because that's when i'm more functional if i force myself to get up early to be there by nine like i'm not gonna be happy i'm gonna be like you know i'm just not gonna be a rush my best present, a, you know, my best self, like, I'm not going to be awake, I'm going to be hungry, <laughs> you know?
1: Right, and so, and it's also made me realize, like, any rejection that happens from here until the path that I am is yeah. just pushing me to a better position and to, like, you know what, I failed, or that was a failure, whatever you want to call it yeah. for yourself, but I'm just like, okay, then the next application cycle better be way better, you know, like, and and the next thing is going to be, like, once I got accepted, like, from all the rejections that we got from mm-hmm. the PhD process, yeah. <laughs> we're like, fuck, like, how do you not internalize that? You know, like, they set it up to the point that you, like, internalize mm-hmm. all that stuff and think that you're a failure. But really, like, it's just, like, not the place and the time for you. And plus, these schools are probably not even prepared to have someone like yeah. you. And and you better have, like, a better working situation than, exo- like, every single day being in a campus that is trying to push you out. Yeah and a work that's pushing you out, which is like a places that we've been mm-hmm. before. And I was like, hell no, I don't want that. So I manifested into existence, like the the work environment, the program that I'm in, and all these other people that I'm in, like everything from there, like how you're saying, like mm-hmm. once I got all these rejections and then I got that one yes that mm-hmm. worked, all the yeses came in. And it was like, it worked out so perfectly to the point that you're just like, this is like someone's pulling a trick. Yeah.
0: You know? And I think it's, it, it reorients you. Right? Because you wouldn't have considered possibly never. Preston State. <laughs> I don't know. Um, My whole mind was somewhere else. Yeah, we were shooting. And the thing is, it's also good to shoot for the stars because you never know, right? Like for me, like shooting for Harvard, had I not applied there, I probably, you know, all these rejections and then I didn't go anywhere. Like for me, that would be like crap. Even more devastating. Because then I would have to not. You know, I love to work, yes, but, you know, I just wasn't, I just didn't want to keep doing that at that point. And so, it definitely does reorient you. And now, you know, for me, it was always a dream to go to the East Coast, either to live or to work or to go to school. And now I have lit I mean, gone to school, and now I want to live and work there. Um, so, it definitely, like, I think rejections are, like, in a way.
1: Redirections.
0: Redirections. I think that's the best way to put it, um, And also to your point like they may not be ready they may not be the right places like the people on these admissions committee like we don't know these people they don't know you like honestly they can't some people make decisions based on like what type of student they are looking for
1: and also think about this like admission scandal like exactly these seats have already been bought. exactly so like how how can you like win at something That is, one, totally out of your control, and two... Predetermined. It's been corrupt. Yep.
0: (laughs) You know, like... Yeah, so that's why we can't be hard on ourselves. Like, not depend on something to happen or an outcome for our happiness. It's like, okay... It's within. It's within. Like, we will be happy if we get in. We will be happy, you know, always having these plans. Like, we will be happy if we have this, this other thing happens, right? And for this podcast, you know, Google Podcast application that we, you know, submitted, it's like yes, hopefully we get it, you know, we're, you know, putting out energy that it happens, but it's not gonna be, like you said, the end of it, like, we're gonna continue doing our podcasts, you know, with our resources, limited or not, and uh, gonna continue to have the great conversations, and with school, the same thing, it's like, I always think of something my dad said when I went to Sonoma State, and it's like, um, does it have your major? I'm like, yeah, um, but he's like, you don't make this you don't, the school doesn't make you, you make the school. And it's so true. It really is. Because I'm like looking at my cohort and some of my peers and I'm like, honeys, I don't know how <laughs> you got in. You are providing nothing. You are returned. not that there's something wrong, but returning to the same old job you had. And they're like, what's the point? Like, aren't we here to change something? Like to change The future for others, like to
1: have the space to reflect on, like what can we do something different.
0: Yeah. And
1: unfortunately, what I've seen so far is that it's just graduate school and of course undergrad too. But I feel like more graduate school in terms of the professional life afterwards Mm -hmm. is just perpetuating, regenerating the same kind of level of people. So I think from any of this lesson is like don't put so much of your energy of the school or the title or all these things. It's like really think outside of all these titles and identities that you have, who are you at the end of the day? Are you a happy person or a miserable person Mm -hmm. that's making other people miserable? Mm -hmm. And it's it's so hard for, like, to do the work that we do just because the solutions are so easy, but people make it way more complicated than it needs to be. Oh, my gosh. Like, they make it impossible because it really is the mentality that people come in, the ideas, the un, like so much unlearning that they have to do.
0: Structures structures things that are And great. think about
1: like all those traumas that they have on healing shit that they come in with and it's just like so much work that we are doing on our own that like a lot of people aren't doing it. Yeah. And that um even like looking at my old friendships, my relationships and all that stuff and I'm just like we're at a whole different level. Like I evolve so quickly.
0: And that's why sometimes our parents, I mean I haven't been home yet. I'm going to go home this afternoon, but <laughs> I if I spend too much time with my family, that's one of the things that I notice. It's like because I've been removed from the space, they've continued to do their thing, their you know, their daily stuff. In the same place, and the, you know, like doing their.
1: La misma cosa todos los días. Yeah,
0: basically, and I've been removed from that, and so coming back, it's like, oh, like I'm new, right? I'm new again, and they're excited because they haven't seen me. But um, should I stay there long enough? It's gonna go back to the old, like, not practices, but the old um, costumbres that we had before. Like they, they, because. That's you know? Yeah, because all they know is me as like when I was there. Right. And so the, the expectations are returning, you know, like the leaning or dependency on me is return, will return. And so that's why I only stay a certain a period of time and tell them because then they know that, oh, like she can't do this because she's leaving. You know, she's only here for like seven days or whatever. So yeah. for me, it's like I have a, a frame of time that I can be home and then I have to go back.
1: For me, it's like maximum three days. <laughs> if it's consistent three days, yeah. I like at home. But if I'm, like, going to events or something, like that, like, my family's not, like, oh, ya no vienes aquí, you know, no estás, like, which breaks my heart. But then also, like, they don't respect a lot of my boundaries.
0: Yeah. That's... You
1: know? And so for me, I'm, like, this is the one way that right now, because I am trying to heal and I'm in this process Mm -hmm. where it's, like, a lot of, like, reflecting about a lot of traumatic things that are coming up that I'm, like, I don't want to end up just being... Like, some individuals where it's, like, they only relive their traumas. They tell it, they tell it, they tell it. And do nothing. And do nothing about it. Yeah. And then I'm just, like, I want to use these traumas, these experiences, these bad things as reference, mm-hmm. but never as something that's part of my identity where I don't want to let it go. Yeah. I'm, like, I want to talk about my, you know, happy self, which I hate on the scholarships because they always, like, want poverty porn yeah. and trauma porn. That yeah. I'm just, like, damn it, I'm trying to, like, move past and just move on.
0: Which makes me question, like, what do, like... You know, the majority culture, white people, <laughs> what do they write? Like when they're writing, you know, like, it, like the other day I was thinking about, am like, what? Do, okay, so if we as brown people have to write all our challenges and all the sacrifices and all the things that we will come, what do they write? Because they ha- surely haven't gone through half the things we have.
1: Well, I mean, they probably modify as the victim. I haven't gotten these because, you know, these I am white. You know, like, victim role, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I am I want to stop having this, like, victim mentality, mm-hmm. which a lot of people feel, like, probably...
0: Have to use. Think like, that that's,
1: I think. like, traumatic or, like, problematic statement for mm-hmm. me, like, saying that, but I'm just like, I... Honestly, like looking back, I'm like I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be seen as pity, pobrecita, pobrecita like oh no, sabes ser nada. Like yeah, it's fucked up that our family has had to go through these circumstances. Like that's fucked up. Yeah.